Welcome to Awards Radar, the podcast, a weekly discussion of the awards races, Hollywood news, and the films you should have on your radar. Here's your host, Joey Magidson. I survived the Toronto International Film Festival with no COVID even. Uh, yeah, we are doing a film festival-centric episode of the podcast, joined by Mark Johnson, one of my oldest friends. Oh, hey everybody, how are you doing? Not just Mark today, though Mark will be sort of front and center early on because he's old and has to go to bed. But we're, full disclosure, we're recording this yesterday. You guys are hearing it on Thursday. It is Wednesday night. I am just off a plane. So forgive any uh, just nonsense on my part. But Mitch will be around later. But for now, we've got Miles. Hi, everybody. And let's be real. Nonsense is pretty par for the course, even if you had a good night's sleep. That's true. Uh, that's Ryan? Uh, hello, everyone, and um, friends. You don't have friends. <laughs> That's true. Mark's not your just friend. colleagues. Mark's not your friend. Oh, come on, Mark's my friend. You, <laughs> I am everyone's friend. Okay. Even wait, Mark. So you're even friends with Pittsburgh Steelers fans? Oh well. I was gonna say. Yeah. yeah. There were two ways to go with that, and I'm glad you chose sports, not problematic people in our industry. I was oh, I wasn't yeah. no I was not going to go there. That's that's not. He's a guest on the show. Right, uh, that's true. That's, I see, um, I see too many of them in the, in person. At yes. So. Can I just tell you guys? It'll be up probably next week on the site. I interviewed Melanie Linsky for Justin oh, Long's movie, and she's nice. delightful and like yeah. very honest about things. And she got a dig in at Jeff Wells. Oh. And I was like, I support this. This is great. Uh, and also, Steve's here. Hello. Hey, Steve. Hi, Mark. Steve uh, Steve was the one who reminded me that we hit our one-year anniversary, so yeah, congrats, yeah. everyone, for that. Congrats. Awesome. Yeah, congrats, everybody. Woo! Especially Steve and Joey. Thank you, guys. For Hi, Steve texted me congratulations, and I was like, what did I do? I was very confused. <laughs> what did you win? What I was like, yeah, wait, what? Uh, who's tweeting? Because that's usually what it ends up being. Um, so, yeah. Mark is uh, fresh off the uh, Telluride Film Festival, the... Uh, not COVID hotspot, apparently, even though there was some concern there, it seemed. Yeah. And uh, I'm home from TIFF. It was funny. The people who were going from Telluride to TIFF, some people were like, you know, they can just be using their pre-Telluride negative test and just bring it all over here, which I wanted to hear before I sat down in the movies and, right, right. you know, <laughs> in closed space. Felt me, made me feel real good about things. Um, but it was pretty empty. Mark, when you were there, yeah, that Telluride compared to normal years, like how empty did it feel? Um, I would say like 80% capacity for most of the movies and it, and it depends like the big, the big, uh, screenings like Belfast and King Richard and, uh, Cyrano and whatnot, they, they were pretty full, but you know, I noticed by the weekend things that maybe would have been full in other years were, you know, like 80% or whatever. There were, there were a few chairs here and there. It is interesting that they filled up more, I guess the whole like secluded thing, they, I imagine, I mean, because the protocol at TIFF was same, like, gotta have a negative test, like, all of yeah. that. Um, but they did 50% capacity. But I guess that's the difference between public, private, and Telluride is essentially a private gathering. Yeah, TIFF is, I, and I haven't been to TIFF, but I assume TIFF is a much larger uh, crowd. I mean, it's it's sprawled all across the city, be. isn't it? It can be, yeah. So yeah. I, I learned there's, like, a couple of hubs. So there's the light box, which is sort of the main building where the festival has its like residence yeah you know and there's like 
a handful of theaters there. It seems to be a movie theater. Like, so imagine just like a city-style movie theater where you got to walk up flights of stairs if you want to go to different screenings. So mm-hmm. there's like three or four there. There's a movie theater a block or two away, uh, Scotiabank, and that's where I think some of the bigger movies will play, just space-wise. Like I saw Belfast there and Power of the Dog. And then there's uh, the Princess of Wales Theater, which is like a premiere theater, very much like a, like an Eccles in Sundance, just a place with like a stage. And then I saw Dune at their IMAX, like, Cinesphere, which was a whole other thing. That was the only one that wasn't nearby. Please tell me they played Spencer at the Princess of Wales Theater. That that makes Uh, sense. I'm sure all of the uh, premieres were there, but no, unfortunately, I saw it at the Lightbox. My Princess of Wales experiences were almost exclusively bad was the problem. I I saw the humans and Deer of Hanson there, and I didn't care for either. Hmm. And I had one other that I didn't go to. I didn't go to official competition because it was a 9.30 screening last night. And uh, my review just would have been the inside of my eyelids were quite compelling. And that doesn't seem fair to anyone. But, Mark, talk about what you saw at Telluride and I'll chime in with the things when I've also seen them. That way we can get all yeah. your stuff in early. Okay. Um, well, let's start with the one I think that we liked the most. And I, I think we both have it as the front runner for Best Picture. I think I saw you tweet that as well. So Belfast, that was yep. you know, Kenneth Branagh's autobiography, basically about a year in uh, his youth that played a significant impact on how the rest of his life played out. Um, that was that for me was heads and shoulders above everything else I saw. I just like kind of instantly fell in love with kind of it reminded me a little bit of the movie I keep coming back to with it is, is Cinema Paradiso for those who... Bit. For those who are a fan, you know, it's this mm. magical child who he gives a great performance. Um, you know, he's funny, he's endearing, um, you know, and he has a love for cinema, obviously, because he's Kenneth Branagh, who grows up to be an actor, writer, director, right? Yeah. Uh, it's funny. I mean, I laughed throughout the whole film. Sir- it's very funny. Yeah, it's very funny. Siren Hines and um, Judy Dench play the grandparents, and they are quite hilarious, especially Hines. Uh, Kitriona Balfi, I think is how you say her name, plays his mom. She, uh, fans of Outlander, I think is. Yeah, yeah, people know who she is, we just don't, because we're weird. Yeah, right? Fans of Outlander. I'll tell you, there's a lot of Twitter people out there that are rabid fans of her, so. Yeah, she was also in Ford v. Ferrari, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember if... Sure, sure, sure. It feels like, um, Branagh didn't know this, because I feel like he's not that guy. Yeah. But casting Jamie Dornan and Katrina Buffet is a pretty good way to get the internet interested in your movie. Yeah. And Jamie, Jamie Dornan, I I will say, I was uh, very impressed with his performance. Yeah. As, I think we both really haven't yeah. enjoyed him until now. <laughs> yeah, I, right. I haven't really, uh, you know, I haven't seen the Fifty Shades movies. and um, Yeah, but you know. Yeah, but I know. And, you know, Barb and Star I haven't seen yet, but I keep hearing all these great things. I need watch to get it, Mark. It. It's so yeah, good. I need it's to so get funny. to it. Oh, he's great yeah. in that. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I, I hear he's great in that, too. This is the first thing that's a real showcase for him. There's a, like, really he is. was fine in, in certain things. and like Oh, he's fantastic yeah. in Barb and Star. What are you talking about? He <laughs> sings about seagulls eh. on tires. We, we all hear his prayers. But great. I think this is the first time of just, like, acting with, like, an A. That's the thing about it. Everyone in the movie is, aside from Judy Dench, the best I've seen I mean, Judy Dench might have been the best I've seen her. I don't know. She was. She I mean, was maybe that, just... that final scene, right? And I don't want to say I don't want to give anything away, but um, her final scene is 
uh, I'll just I'll just say breathtaking because I don't want to yeah. give away any other the, emotion for it. As, but. Is it as breathtaking the... as Cats, Mark? Because I mean, it's oh, to talk well, there, I did you know. I did forget her performance in Cats, which I haven't seen. <laughs> I mean, you do often uh, see her butthole in this movie. <laughs> Fair, you know what? That's that's enough for me. Best picture of the year. So, she so does it's an improvement on Cats, is what you're yes, saying? Yes, exactly. Yeah, right. Um, you know what the thing is, Dornin. Yeah. Sure. Says says Steve, waiting to know when he can see them. Um, right. Belfast is November, I think. Yeah, November, it it's November twelfth. Yeah, it's November okay. 12th. Yeah, yeah, that's a that was dated because they knew what they had. Um, oddly, yeah. you know who has the best Oscar scene? We'll do that real quick. Uh, Dornan is in when uh, when Buddy, who is Kenneth Branagh, basically asks about um, this girl that he likes and would she be welcome in their home. And the way he explains it is the Oscar scene. Like that's the clip. Yeah, I mean that's 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 his. That's definitely his uh, scene. I, a, I think a great has point a on. Yeah, well, I mean, it depends on what you're trying to push. Because the yeah. the thing that they don't really get into, but I mean, you you gather knowing it's Northern Ireland in the '60s is right. the Catholic Protestant kind of thing, and it has a, a it has a not darkness because it is very through a child's eyes, but yeah. there are moments where you're like, ooh, oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it, it toes the line very well of never being Schindler's List, but being serious enough about the issue. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's my it's my number three of the festival, and that's only just because oh, the two things okay. that are a little quirkier. It's not okay. that it isn't great because it's great, yeah. but I think the initial high of it is the best it's going to be. Like a revisit will be great, but there's something about like the magic of the first time of like, oh, this is beautiful and delightful. Yeah, that you can't really get a second time. I can see that. I also I went into it not really knowing a single thing about it. Um, I had yeah. you know, the trailer I think dropped the night we were in the theater. Yeah, it dropped like right after initial reactions, Mark. Yeah, dropped, so. yeah, the trailer was fine. So I special. So I hadn't I didn't know anything about it except for like a few of the actors in it, and I you know met um, I'd met Kenneth and Jamie at the patrons brunch right before the day before that. So you know talking to him about it, you could tell he was. Um, nervous but proud and excited yeah. to, for it to be seen. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was. I don't know. I nervous, fell in love with it. Ner- yeah, that's the thing. You fall in love with this movie. Yeah. Um, nervous is, is an interesting word because it can go so many different ways. I'll. I'll always remember Ang yeah. Lee before Billy Lynn's long halftime one. He was nervous. <laughs> well, but he was right to be. Yeah. He said, I'll never forget it. They had a breakfast the night, the morning of the New York Film Festival premiere. He he encouraged us to give it a chance. Ooh, that's not Those good. are not words you want to hear know. from a filmmaker. Ooh. <laughs> he, 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 knew, he knew it didn't yeah. work. But, uh, but yeah, this is uh, this is from 10,000 feet, the thing that wins, just because I don't know who doesn't like it. Yeah. Yeah, it's so, it's know, the front runner, I think, at this point. It may it may be low on passion by the end. Like I could see that I being think, the only hindrance. Yeah, I think it's it might be a little too feel good. Maybe it depends mm. on what it, depends on what the prior competition. It's early though. It's real it early. Yeah. So. It hits Usually all movies, the... We declare this early. Yeah, you know, we we usually well, I mean, clear a movie really early in the race as the front yeah. runner, and then it doesn't happen. Like well, this mean, time last it, year it was it Trial of Chicago Seven. Yeah. Sure, but that's the the vibe is a little different. I just uh, think, I know, but you know what I mean. You know what I'm trying to say. My uh, yeah, no. Like, listen, it's no one's guaranteeing anything. It's just no. it's a gut feeling. It's like yeah. if you had to tell me what's going to win, I think it's this just because of how I feel. And I would also say, Mark, you saw Power of the Dog, right? I did. 
So we'll talk about that next. Sure. Um, those could easily end up being the kind of like head to head battle. Uh-huh. And in that world, like, I don't know how Belfast loses just because Power of the Dog is yep. like, I don't want to say it's not meant for anyone because it's a brilliant film, but it is like aggressively itself. And Belfast kind of will hit everyone. That's like, that's the thing. Right. And I, and I think the difference between Belfast and Power of the Dog is Belfast hits all the right notes. It's funny as hell. It's, you know, it's there's suspense and ten, tension throughout. There's moments that are very touching and, and sad. Um, it can legitimately be a blockbuster. Yeah, it'll hit. It'll, Not now, but it'll, like, you it'll know. be a lot of. It'll do well on a preferential ballot. Let's say it'll that it'll be. It'll be number weekend. one. Yeah, it'll yeah. be a good Thanksgiving weekend for yeah. sure. Sort of like Green Book. I mean, not to say that yeah. it's the same thing. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying well, it's, like it's, 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 yeah, it sure. was put in that similar time slot. You know the I mean? irony that White Roma will be the movie that does what Green Book. <laughs> well, I also uh, have heard that that comparison isn't always the greatest comparison. No, no I mean it's, it's a it's a lazy comparison. Yeah, it's a very we'll surface level comparison. Yeah, um, but you, the, what it has in common is it's black and white, and it's an autobiography. Yeah, so yeah. you know the difference. The difference is this centers around Kenneth Branagh's childhood, whereas Roma was so, more about the the, main. the lady. Yeah. yeah, and also Roma really didn't have. Roma was trying to tell a very specific story and wasn't really worried about entertaining you. Right. Kenneth Branagh is so paranoid yes. in a good way that you're going to get bored. That there's always a thing. Yeah. Like I'm sure his grandparents weren't quite as quippy as they are in this, but like they're perfect. Like they're movie yeah, grandparents. They're, they're fantastic. Syrian Hines, who like you always yeah. feel like you know from something being good, and he kind of just is fine, is phenomenal in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I moved, bad... I moved him to number two on my supporting rank. I I don't know what's gonna happen there because yeah. um, like I feel like eventually they're gonna put everyone supporting, but for the I moment think so I put, too. I put yeah. the parents lead for now, just because you you would you know kind of split them up, and you can make the yeah. case that they. You know, right. have more screen time, but I just don't know. I don't know that any of them make it. Is the problem? I think Dench and Hines will make it. They could. Yeah, I think. I mean, I'd, supporting I'd supporting actress could definitely happen. Yeah. I and supporting yeah. actors not so strong to start either. Yeah, it, a couple of things we're still gonna wait on. Is the yeah thing. yeah. Like, here, what's yeah? It could go. It, it could easily turn out that this movie is headed for you know eight nominations because it's gonna score two or three acting. Yeah. Uh, it's great Cinem- we'll, cinematography we'll right yeah Two, sure. uh, cinematography is good mm-hmm. it should get in I don't know that it wins I mean it's that. like the yeah. year of editing, black and white cinema I mean editing <laughs> cinematography um, you probably you possibly song, sure. yeah you possibly get song the only thing there is it, you know Van Morrison provides mm-hmm. the soundtrack for the film right because he's from Belfast as well yeah and he has an original song in there um, but Van Morrison's been pretty vocal about anti uh, anti-vaxxing yeah. So yeah. I, no, he's 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 garbage. Yeah, but so at the same time, that might hurt. Yeah, I I wonder if they just don't campaign him and they just be like the yeah. song's beautiful. Remember the song and just kind of like. Yeah. I don't think he can win because of that, but I think a best yeah. picture nominee with the song yeah. probably yeah. gets in. Like I don't know the numbers yeah. offhand, but I feel like it's pretty good. Well, I mean, last year the last song last year was best picture. Yeah. I mean, when in doubt, when in doubt, defer to the best picture uh, nominee at least. Um, so yeah, let's let's go a little quicker because yeah. I know there's two that yeah. we, I, I don't want to lose you. I know there's at least yeah, two yeah. we want to do. So let's save um, Power of the Dog and Spencer for the end because I think those okay. are the two you probably yep. have the most to say. So go through the rest real quick. So I saw King Richard. Um, did you see that one? 
Uh, that one is not a TIFF, oddly, because it would have won okay. the audience award, probably. <laughs> it might have. It is definitely a crowd-pleaser type film, and Will Smith is very good in it. Um, my initial reaction after seeing it once was it reminded me a little bit of The Blind Side, and I don't mean that as any kind of slight to King Richard. Uh, it's better written, um, but it is in that same vein. It's a crowd-pleaser sports film with a, you could say, overdue actor yeah. with a with strong oscar possibilities right i have will smith winning as of now same um right so i actually i actually have king richard as the number two in my best picture predictions yeah. because yeah. i think it's a, a preferential ballot uh pleaser as well i have it in my 10 i don't know where i'm gonna tell you right now since that, time since that trailer dropped mark i i just sort of been like that movie just seems like their thing yeah. i have it at six yeah. Just, it just feels like it and then the reactions and then yeah you have like smith the only thing about that is it's like where else could it fit into the conversation for nominees supporting yeah. actress is my guess like well, supporting and act- song supporting yeah. actress and song yeah song like, for sure there's a beyonce song that ends that i believe right yeah 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 well i mean you saw the movie is the song any good it doesn't appear until the like right at the credits so you're like i bounced yeah, it's uh, and I didn't really pay attention to the song at that point because yeah, I'll dare you. It's not my kind. Of, like I, nothing against Beyonce. Yeah, yeah. It's not I like listen to the, the wow. The Van Mark, I know, right? Beyonce. The Van Morrison song is good, but also yeah. if I told you it was from 1982, would you believe me? Right. Probably. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, if you don't know his music, and like we all know one or two of his songs, they, they it's very much like just write another one of those songs. Yeah, we've all been to a St. Patrick's Day party. You know. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> No, Someone nobody told me okay, there'd be days sure. like this. We got uh, you. We got you. Um, yeah, like that's the the general consensus of, the, of King Richard appears like it's good. Yeah. Is it great? Well, not really, no. but it doesn't need to be. It just needs to be a good yeah, version of this movie. Yeah. Every you'll yeah. you'll enjoy it. It is entertaining. It is fun, and um, you'll the girl, probably never think about it. Yeah, the girl. I like the girl who I can't remember her name. I apologize. The girl who plays Venus, I thought did a fantastic job. Uh, yeah, well. and the and the mother is and the mother's yeah the mother's yeah. Good. Yeah. Ellis yeah yeah Anjanu Ellis yeah I mean cool um, aside from that you said you want to hold power in Spencer yeah because so, we both want to talk about that. okay so then I also saw Cyrano which I liked a lot okay um, definitely going to be it's a Christmas Day release sorry I forget what day um, that'd be December twenty fifth. No, <laughs> I remember the day of Christmas, but King Richard, I forget what day that comes out. Um, also November, I think. Okay, yeah, I'll look it up. Uh, Cyrano's Christmas Day, if theaters are open and dates are allowed to happen, that's going to be a very popular date film. Um, and from from my perspective of you know those around me, uh, the ladies seem to love it, and the guys seem to like it a lot. But yeah. um, it's definitely a you know. A, it's a timeless story, right? You know, Cyrano de Bergerac, and he's, it's it's heartbreaking, and it's beautiful, and it's well done, and Peter Dinklage is fantastic, right? And Haley Bennett, I, I love, so she's yeah. she's great as uh, Roxanne. It um, seems like one that could slip through the cracks, though. Yeah, it could, it could. I put it number ten on my best picture ranking right now because I could see it being in for a lot of things sure. right production it's gonna design. be around for a lot yeah. of things for sure yep but man i, if, know, I, I think always... if a of golden globes existed yeah right yeah. this would be all over the golden globes i mean the, the oh, concern absolutely. the concern yeah. it's gonna have is like does it get unfairly lumped in with like the tragedy of macbeth and like old stories per se mm-hmm. And like, is there only room for one? Well, does it get and, lumped in also with the fact that there's like 700 musicals coming out this year? 
and that too. Well, that and too, like, and which not and which one rises to the top over the others? Well, you know what I mean? we'll talk about one that's not going to in a little bit. Okay, um, King Richard, by the way, November nineteenth. Cool, uh, Mark. What else did you see? Uh, and then I saw Come On, Come On, which is the Mike Mills film with uh, Joaquin Phoenix. It's definitely a different kind of performance for Joaquin, who, you know, I think we last saw in Joker, right? So yes. he's yeah. he's much more subdued. It is a fantastic uh, story. The screenplay is definitely one of my favorites uh, of what I saw at the festival. Um, it's like a buddy film between a uh, uncle and his nephew. Um and I, I won't say too much more than that. Oscar potential, I don't know that it... I think screenplay is its best shot, but it's one of those movies, whether it gets Oscar love or not, it's definitely one that I would highly recommend. I think it was my fourth favorite of what I saw at the festival. Dying to see it. It feels like, and content-wise, completely different, Waves. It'll get nothing, but it'll be on a lot of top ten lists, and it'll be one of those movies you wish they paid attention to. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Waves um, somehow I, got forgotten. Yeah. That was odd. No, Still don't forget. No, Still can't forget them for that. It, you know. No, oh, you're wrong. Oh man, I love waves. Uh, also saw um, the Lost Daughter, uh, which Olivia Coleman's fantastic. I wasn't a huge fan otherwise. Um, many were though, so yeah, definitely one to seek out. On it'll be on Netflix. Not sure the release on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, another Netflix one I saw was The Hand of God, which is the. Paulo Sorrentino, I think is how you say his yep, name. Yeah, yeah. Yep. There you go. Man. Film. Yeah, right. You get better at names. Hey, I, I found out I'm nineteen. I found out I'm 19% Italian, so now I can say Paolo Sorrentino. Paolo Sorrentino. Yeah, it's just just how he had justified. You have that. You have House of Gucci this year. You got New Saints, New York. Look at the Italians. I mean, right? We're making a name for ourselves. The hand of the hand of God's pretty good. You know, it's very like. Uh, it might be like I hate saying this, but it's like almost like too smart for me. It's like a Fellini kind of film. <laughs> so well, I heard like, that it's like it the is great, a lot of like the Great Beauty, right? Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it goes, you know, I think part of its part of its brilliance goes over my head. So for me, it wasn't one of my favorite ones there, but I, uh, I'm sure uh, more highbrow critics will enjoy yeah. that one. Probably have no, to I get that. You, keep you, an you eye did, out you for did. it. Because you did of, what I've done periodically. You sit there going, "I know this is good," yeah. But, but like, if you ask me, is it enjoyable? I'm not having a good time. Yeah. But I, it's it felt like it's, that sounds like me and Roma. Like nothing about this is doing it for me. But I know I'm wrong, and it's not that it's not good. I'm just not like connecting. Yeah. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, and then uh, real quickly because uh, there's not a lot to say. I saw Riz Ahmed's um, encounter. And, uh, yeah. I heard it wasn't good. Oh. He's good. He's good. Uh, I've heard maybe. no. I've I've heard either people really like it or or they don't. Evidently. I don't. Um, yeah. Remi- what I've heard is pretty mixed too. Yeah. Remind me. To, I think Mitch saw it. So when they get on, let's let's yeah. find out. I didn't dislike it. It's just I was very indifferent for it, and it was an odd. Yeah. It was an odd choice for Telluride. I, I'll say it kind of. It was like the sore thumb. Yeah, it seems it's it seems to be at a lot of the festivals. I wonder if yeah. whoever has it, if not distributor or producer, that some kind of tied in with something else. Like, yeah. you got to play this. I think it's uh, Amazon, isn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah, that would make sense. Maybe that Amazon's would make like, sense. maybe we would yeah. take that we, with Cerno and you know, or something. Like we just we want where you're playing this. Just deal with yeah. it. Um, was that was there anything else? Just the other two. The other two I saw were um, the Rescue, which is an incredible documentary by the team that brought you free solo yes, yes. yeah 
Loved it. Mitch, Mitch saw it, I think. Shane reviewed it for the site and loved it. I yeah. uh, There's actually an event for it tomorrow I don't think I can make, but I, I'm okay. very eager to see it. I don't want to see it via link. I want to see it in the theater. Yeah, it's a theater. Yeah, I, saw it in, I would recommend it on the theater, too. That's why I put that ahead of a couple others that I probably need to see, but yeah. I wanted to see that on theater. and. I wasn't aware of the true story. Like I, I tried. I try not to pay attention too much to the news. So I, I had heard of what had happened, but I didn't know the outcome. Um, so, so I was, Mark, do you know that like Donald Trump is no longer president? <laughs> I am aware of that. Yeah. All right, you, go, you caught up yeah. to that one. All right. I, once um, John Stewart went away, I kind of stopped paying attention to the world. So yeah, it's fair. And then the last one I'll mention, um, I actually didn't see there, but they sent me a screener, so I saw it the next day. Was Flea. Um, the mm. one that was the animated, animated foreign language doc that was a big hit out of Sundance. And that was pretty outstanding, too. Yeah. Cool. I'm actually watching. That's going to tomorrow. I'm going to finish Sunday, uh, uh, Toronto for me. And I'm going to watch Flea, mm. Where is Anne Frank, and The Survivor. So okay. that'll be the end of my festival. Okay. Um, but yeah, let's talk about The Power of the Dog. And then yeah. we'll end on Spencer. And then I'll talk about other stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Power of the Dog is good. It's very good. Yeah. Um, almost too smart, like Mark was saying. Um, I'm reading the book right now. It's fantastic. I so the movie doesn't like hold your hand in any way. It's not obtuse, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of when the movie ends and you you do your like quick recap in your head of what happened. We go, oh, that's what that meant. Oh, that's what that meant. Oh, that's what that meant. Yeah. Like there's a there's a real thread at the end to double back and go, oh. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, he's their best shot at something besides Campion and director. Yeah, I think Campion's their best shot. Yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, there is, there is, I mean, this is tailor-made for a Campion director Belfast picture kind of outcome. Yep, that's how I have but it. <laughs> Cumberbatch, Cumberbatch has, a, has a decent shot in actor. It's just, yeah. I could see if it's him and Will Smith being like, well, I know who's a more charming campaigner, and it's a real person. You know, like I could see all that yeah. happening. Kirsten Dunst is good. Um, I, I she think was great. the internet loves her a little more than like the people who watch the movie will, but totally mm. can get in. Yeah, um, I, and then I lo- Clemens I is good, but Clemens disappears a lot. Yeah, the Clemens, kid is way better. Clemens is very subdued. There's, he's very you know intentionally one note. Um, yeah. throughout. Um, but yeah, Cody, Cody Smith, Cody Smith McPhee, McPhee. I can never say his yeah. name. Um, yeah, he was really good in it too. Very, um, you know, uh, I hate to call the guy odd or, or anything like that, but he's, he plays in, he plays yeah. what would be seen as an odd person at that time. Yeah. He's yeah. Right. So does a very good job being kind of just odd enough, Off. odd enough yeah. to where you don't know if you're rooting for him or if you're rooting for uh, yeah, because the 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 conceit of the movie. There's also the when the movie takes a turn. It's a yeah. very abrupt turn, but where you almost feel like you missed a scene until you realize, like, oh no, that's just because the perspectives are shifting. Because the first half yeah. is very uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's character. It's a man of the you know man of the horses and old fashioned even for that time. But there's little hints that like something's up with him. And he's a little cruel to like certain people. Like he loves his brother, but he's mocking of him. Like just yeah. you're not meant to really like him yet. And he's pretty much a prick to Kirsten Dunst and Cody. Oh yeah. And torment just them. awful. Yeah. And continues yeah. to torment her. He never stops. But there's a scene about midway through where he just sort of 
something clicks and he just starts being nicer to the kid. And it's very off-putting at the beginning because you're like, wait, why? And then you start to get it. And then that feeds into the the sort of the strength of the ending, which is uh, a little surprising to people, I think. But it's very observational in the movie. It's much more like observing characters. And it's a Jane Campion film. She's just observing masculinity instead of femininity. It's really good. It's just... I, it's hard to compare to anything. Yeah, the movie people keep kind of mentioning is There Will Be Blood, and I don't know that I'd go into it with those. Very broad strokes. Yeah. I, I mean, it's in the West, and there's a dark lead figure, but that's probably where I'd leave it. Yeah. Um, so, it's worth, yeah. worth plenty of attention. Yeah. It's re- everything it's doing, it's doing very well. It's just... Oh, yeah. It's, it's cinema. It's film, as opposed to, like... What is everyone like? Like, you know, that's that is the only downside to it in terms of awards. There's a yeah. movie, it's a high quality movie. Yeah, that's and that's that's the difference between Belfast and Power of the Dog is Belfast is a preferential ballot type film. Whereas yeah. Power of the Dog, it's gonna have its fans, right? But it's also gonna be very divisive. It, you know, if it's not number one gonna, or two, it could be number seven or eight or nine. Yeah, seven, right. Also, it's not gonna it's gonna get turned off five minutes in by a lot of people. Yeah. Who are just like, I don't know what this is, never mind. Uh, and also, for those watching on screener, I don't know that it plays as well as it would on the theater, whereas Belfast no. Belfast can play either way very easily, yep. I think. Um, yeah, no. Howard the Dog is the most need-to-be-seen-in-a-theater thing from Netflix, I think, yet. Uh, just because it is so sort of sweeping in its visuals. And they, they explicitly reference the cinematography. They're looking... At a at a sort of vista yeah. more than once in the movie, and you really need to appreciate it, yeah. and also kind of have that perspective. It's it's very subtle, it's very very good. There's a lot to talk about, and when smart people start seeing it, it'll be or smarter people, yeah, it'll be very interesting to hear like the interpretation. There's a lot well, you yeah. can do with the end. I lo- I I look forward to when we can talk openly about it because I had a quick conversation with Benedict Cumberbatch at one of the Netflix parties and he mentioned, he talked through a scene, which I'm not going to talk about now, but he mentioned a scene that is really turns the whole film around. And What's, I, and where I want, does it take place? Cause I want to figure um, out what scene is. I know there's a, so there's a scene where Benedict's character is with the rest of his buddies and Cody's character comes out among them and they kind of tease him a little. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I, and I'll just leave it at that. And he interpreted that scene, how he took that scene and it, kind of totally changed things for me on it which i i loved it's, it already but that yeah conversations are really helpful about this movie yeah they uh, are yeah yeah especially like some of the more spoilery things we'll get to um and then before yeah. we lose mark let's talk about a film that i saw literally about 12 hours ago so. <laughs> all right good. um i will say um i think this is my favorite of the festival oh wow all right and you know what it yeah. wasn't until the last scene okay like, yeah, the last you know, scene's great. It's very Jackie. Like, if you've seen Jackie, you're in for something similar. Um, not as... I don't want to say not as indie, because this is about as indie as a movie gets. But not trying to be intentionally off-putting. Like, Jackie was a was an endurance test that I loved. But yeah. it was, you know, this person is in the middle of trauma. We're going to make you feel traumatic, tra- you know the traumatic experience this one is you know there's a trauma coming and she's dealing with the low level beginnings of it 
we just want you to feel how she feels yeah. like alone yeah. and it's almost a ghost story that yeah that's what it's that's what it's compared to and i think the important thing for people to know going into spencer is that this is not um a biography of of her right this is no. a fictional tale set around real life events and people okay yeah so what you see, I think they called it a, a, a real life fable or a real, yeah, something like that. The opening right? credits, yeah. A fable a based on life, a true story. A, a fable yeah. based on a real tragedy or something. Yeah, like that, I think was the wording. Yeah, and that's important to know because if you're going in thinking, you know, those, you know, if you're a Diana fanatic, which a lot of people are, I don't um, get it, but yeah. Well, you're you're a little young for it. I'm probably. I just don't. I just don't get in. I just don't get in for the royals. Like she I was. My country, Mark, like, she was. She was something Mark, different in the eighties. What yeah. you're trying to say is, if you're going in looking for the crown, this yeah, movie no. is not it. This is not no, it. Not it's, a, it's a nice companion piece, just for like yeah. another a twist to the story. Oh, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's a great companion. Yeah, if you want to watch, I could see it. I could see you doing, yeah, the crown, Spencer, Jackie, yeah. as like a through yeah. line of like, okay, yeah. this is this is a thing that's happened. Um, I will also say, I know where we we court fandom by doing it but Kristen Stewart should win the Oscar I don't know oh, if yeah. she will oh, yeah. but She's... I don't think I'm going to see a better performance this year she disappears in the role for sure and is There's... is incredible and it's you know for those of you like me who may have been on the fence about her coming into this film you'll leave a fan of her because she is There's... terrific there's literally only one thing she does that's a like Kristen Stewart like tick she clenches her fists a little bit which you see a lot in like movies where she's working through emotions but it fits for this character so well because, and the funny part is, you know, the people who don't like her sometimes are like, well, she never smiles and she seems so dour. And that's like, oh, so you're going to talk about that for the Princess Diana movie? Okay, cool. You're you're feeding into what makes this performance work because they, you know, they bring it up several times in a movie. Just play a part. Like, just do the, like, don't be that person that you want to be. Be the person people want to see. Yeah, that's. Well, I, I was lucky enough to at one of the uh, neon parties. I was lucky enough to get in a conversation with Pablo Lorraine, the director, and he was talking about why he chose Kristen Stewart, and he talked about how in films that he had seen her in, you know, normally he can figure out an actor or an actress, and you know that doesn't that doesn't do much for him, but he could, he said he couldn't figure out Kristen Stewart right in her performances. He had a hard time, like really, like figuring her out, and he loved that about her, and so he wanted her as um, Diana. And can't say, I mean, I can't see a better choice at this point. Yeah, I can, I can see that. Yeah. yeah, and there's, it's just, it's very haunting. Johnny Greenwood scores. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, like he did the I score for Power of the Dog too. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, I hope he wins an Oscar this year. Um, and then it builds. It gets very dark at one point where you're just like, if you didn't know the story, but like, she's going to kill herself. Like, it's just that's where it seems like it's going. And then it it moves away from that and oddly ends on like the warmest thing possible in the coldest movie up until then. It's an hour and like what? <laughs> right. It's an hour and like 50 minutes, I want to say. Yeah. Hour 45, something like that. So a solid 90 minutes is bleak as fuck. And there's a little like very, not dark comedy, but very light like the Royals are ridiculous and the staff understands that. And the last five minutes are like charming and warm and funny and has a great like needle drop. It's, yeah. it's out of a different movie. So I could see like some people not digging it, but it made the movie for me. Yeah. I think they needed that scene because 
you need to get a sense for why she was so beloved yeah. by, you know, again, a generation probably right before me, because I was maybe a little too young to realize what was going on in the late 80s and whatnot with this. But um, yeah, it gives it, it gives her the the heart and soul that, you know, so many fell in love with. Um, yeah, this one's November 5th, by the way, and I think Power of the Dog, I don't know if we mentioned, was December 1st. Yeah. Um, Other thing that I really loved about this takes place in the early 90s. Yeah. You would think it took place in the 50s, which is the (laughs) point of the movie that there's a line in it where they say there's no future with the royals. Past and present are the same. And aside from her Porsche, there was no modern technology. There was nothing about it. It's like you don't think about it until later. When did this take place? And then you realize, like, that's just the point. They're they're locked in their own bubble. It's it's really it was really really something do you want to stick around for a little bit do you want to go yeah i can stick around for a few more minutes all right so let's uh let's move into some toronto stuff yeah um i only dislike three things i didn't like lakewood which is naomi watts like she's on a run while her son's like school has an active shooter so it's the guy who wrote buried it's that kind of movie just didn't work very like gave you a gross feeling weird because it's philip noyce like you'd think that was like a classy director, but it was not for me. Um, Last night in Soho, didn't care for it. Biggest disappointment of the festival for me. Wow, oh, that's crushing. Um, that was crushing to hear. Not it's, hearing it's, good things about that. It's too long. Yeah, it's really surprising. But I guess Edgar Wright had to make a not great movie sometime or other. It's just very strange. Like I don't know why he wanted to do this. And it's not even like he didn't write it. Like it's his idea. Um, because it, it's not about this, but I've been describing it to people this way, and especially the people who see it, they get I'm like, when it kind of becomes a zombie movie, you're like, what are you doing? And it's just, it's not what you're thinking it is at all. And the style is there, but there's just, there's no substance. And there's a lot of cheap scares. Like, for someone who knows this genre, it, you just expect more. Yeah. Um, so I didn't care for it. Uh, a couple of things that were forgettable for me, all my punos, puny sorrows, which is just an indie dramedy. Um, the Electrical Life of uh, Louis Wayne is the Benedict Cumberbatch movie that will not get nominated for everything. Melanie <laughs> um, Lorenz, The Mad Woman's Ball is fine. The Humans, a lot of people liked. I didn't get, like, very well acted. Didn't engage with it one bit. Um a hero is Baskar Farhadi. It's good, but it's not a separation. It's just the script isn't as good as you would hope. So you kind of it's a it's an it's a story you've seen before, just done by him, and that's not super impressive. Um, Eyes of Tammy Faye was a big deal. I, it got better reviews than I thought because you know uh, Mitch will talk about it later, but like I saw it a month and a half ago or something like that, and a lot of people saw it early, didn't care for it. But it's doing pretty well in Rotten Tomatoes. I think everyone agrees she's very good. And you kind of just differ on the rest of it. But she's giving it a lot of the benefit of the doubt. And that's about right. I just, aside from her, it's not, and maybe makeup, it's not going anywhere. Um, I'm Your Man is fine. Interesting to see Dan Stevens speak entirely in German. Interview coming to the site soon. Oh, yeah, I've heard about that one. I'm really interested to see that one. It's clever. It's very small, but it's clever. Um, the Starling, most people hated, I thought was fine. It's a me movie. It's a like kind of melodramatic, quirky that Kevin Klein's very good. The Lumineers, Mark, have a song, an original song from Netflix there. Well, that should win. 
I mean, it's a good song. Do we, do we need to have nominations? That was like the happiest Mark has been on this podcast. Yeah. So far. Um, the only thing that the only thing that would make me happier than the Lumineers winning an Oscar is me if the it's the Avery Brothers. Brothers. Yeah. There, there you go. There you top go. two. Top um, two. Things that I already saw, like Violet and Jockey and Language Lessons, were there. They're all yeah. good. Um, the Guilty, totally fine. Very good movie. The problem is. If any of you have seen the Danish version, you have seen this movie. Yeah. It is it that's is a, almost shot for shot. That's a little disappointing. But let me ask you this. Is it worth seeing for the Jake Gyllenhaal performance, or does that not really differentiate it enough? No, he's good. I, I, I think he's better. He's an upgrade. Everything else is a lateral move. Because And, and again, if you don't know it, the story, it's, it's legitimately shocking at times. But, like, you know, people who have seen it, like I watched it with someone who hadn't seen it. I watched the screener before I came to the festival. Shh. Thank you, Netflix. And I just turned them like, you want to pay attention right now because I knew what was coming. And that's just, it, it, it's a movie that only works once. But it's not made for me. It's made for people who didn't see it. So that's that's fine. Um, the Julia Child documentary is solid. It'll make you very hungry. Uh, the Wheel is a, like an indie like relationship drama. It's fine. Language lessons I've already seen is great. I kind of spoke a little bit about Titan already. It's wild. I think Mark's going to hate it. Oh yeah, that's oh, just that has, oh, that has the makings of a. That, yeah, I could. Yeah, is, now I can see that. I hadn't like thought Mr. about that. Yeah. Is it like Mister Turner at all? No, no, no. It's wild. <laughs> Did you ever it's see like, Raw, Mark? Uh, Eddie Murphy Raw? No, no, this is like, the, the French movie. The girl <laughs> that's that the there you go. That's all you need to know, folks. About. <laughs> yeah, here, Mark. Mark. This I'm is old. a movie where a this is a movie where a girl gets into a car accident as a child. And as an adult, has a plate in her head from that, but is sexually attracted to automobiles. Oh, well, that makes sense. And is I mean, that's just Mark on a Saturday night. Right. Uh, you know. yeah. Who isn't? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah, but here's the thing, Mark. <laughs> a car successfully impregnates her. Okay. No she's, more. Also a ser- she's also a serial killer. No more. Hey. Hey, hey, hey. hey. Come on. This some is, of us haven't seen come it. This on. is all quit in the being, trailer. Hey, quit. Yeah. And some of us have, haven't seen the trailer. We're going in blind. Cut it out. Yeah, anyway. going in, By the way, going this in is blind the, is the best. It is. also like the first Yeah, I took my headphones off as soon as he said yeah. the first two words. <laughs> no, the, the thing about that movie okay. is it's a different movie every 10 minutes. So okay. uh, here, um, quickly, sort of the ones to wrap up on. I love The Worst Person in the World. Oh, yeah. It's like the best romantic comedy, but done foreign. Like if Francis Ha was blue as the warmest color or Tony Jesus. or Tony Erdman. Okay. It's great. Right. So great. That, that actress deserves to be everywhere. Um, and then the two, we're going to probably spend more time on Dear Evan Hansen, which sucked, um, but is also wildly effective in its emotions. So it's very conflicting. I see like it the, next week. Yeah. The, yeah. Like the, the central like song that you've, you know, we all kind of know from like advertisements and shit. Um, you will be found or whatever is a legitimately moving moment followed by in that same scene one of the most like clawing and on the nose like ugh things you can possibly do so everything is like one step forward two steps back and he does look like a pedophile like there's just no way around him not being a 40 year old man among children but legitimately good singer and Caitlin Deaver is great but at the same time Amy Adams and Julianne Moore very disappointing so it's I mean, I could see audiences like it. It's also two hours and 11 minutes. You know where it's going very early. And, like, the ethics of it, I guess, are kind of awful. If you oh, think they've about always it. been. Oh, they've always been awful. Let's just, yeah, they just, just hope out. you don't think about it is the thing. 
Oh, yeah. Um, Make you think yeah. you're stupid. Well, mm-hmm. this thing, by the end, I'm starting to go, like, they've got to have a resolution to this, right? There's got to be a, a thing. Nope. They just agree that, that they just pretend it's not awful. Uh, we'll talk about it once everyone sees it. And then the one we'll talk about more, but I want to get in a little bit, is Dune. So here's the thing. I no, here's the thing. I liked it, but I'm also hundred percent right with everything I said prior to it. It's half a movie. If the so I gave it three and a half stars. If they don't make a second one, I'm taking a star and a half away. Because it's it's Oh, I mean they imagine pretty, I mean they pretty much denounced this week that they they they've, are, come, they've come close. They're doing what they whatever was, they can possible to green light that movie. It's gonna what happen. they yeah, what they said is it's gonna be the HBO max numbers, which means you'll never know what they are and they're gonna yep. decide on whatever they decide. They will but, yeah, they'll justify it on a budget and then they'll get it done. Yeah. I mean the so imagine if like I, I, you guys know Lord of the Rings better than I do. Oh yeah, but like, that's for Imagine sure. if they made Fellowship and Two Towers as one movie, but they didn't make you mean a, like the Ralph Bakshi version, kind of <laughs> like an overstuffed movie, but then never finished it. It would be wildly dissatisfying, right? Give me that like movie. the Ralph Bakshi version. Exactly. Yeah, I, know what, I, know what, I know what I'm doing here. Give me that movie um, now. <laughs> so, I people who know the story will probably quibble with where it stops or whatever. It stops in a very obvious place, but I will say it's very well realized. It's nice to get invested in like a world that's not, I don't know. Like sometimes you can tell world building is trying too hard and you reject it outright. Like a, like a Jupiter ascending or something like that. You're like, I, I'm not here for this. No, thank you. Um, and they, they make you not think about how stupid some of it is because mm. objectively like spice and a guy named Duncan Idaho, it's dumb. Cause, but you've seen this story before. It's Star Wars. It's all. It's classic sci-fi. It's just done well, and taken seriously, and and see it in IMAX if you can because it is, uh, it is epic in that sense. Like that's the thing. If you can get immersed in it, I, I really worry what HBO Max will be like. It's the worst way to watch this movie. I'm down. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it now. Like I yeah, mean, I can't wait. It's 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 good. I just. They need to finish the story, and I'm concerned slightly what will happen if they wait until after the HBO Max numbers come in, because I do think people are expecting, like, Star Wars, or, like, the J.J. Abrams Star Trek, and you're getting Dune. Like, you're, you're getting Dune. There's a big action set piece, but it's still, like, a, a political thriller, almost. You know, like a royal political thriller. It's, it's good. It's just... It's not a whole movie, so you have to kind of work through those emotions. No one who is interested in it is going to be disappointed. Mm. People who are interested in it could enjoy it. Like my friend who came with me, she enjoyed it also. Like you get wrapped up in it. You can you can sort of like pick at things afterwards, but it is it is well done. It's just it's hard to have a fully controlled thought about it because it's only half a movie. I kind of know where what's supposed to happen because I'm aware of what happens in the story, and I just don't know how much they're going to tinker with it. But. So we it's, talking? So we talking like uh, 13, 14, 15 nominations? Uh, what are we talking? About? <laughs> um, I'm talking about the movie that saves cinema. Congratulations, Denis Villeneuve! You've done it again. No, it's 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 gonna do very well below the line. Yeah, he could slip into director for if, especially if it's gonna be the crowning cons- directorial achievement of the year. Like yeah. it's gonna be that big giant epic mm. thing. Like it's it's it is like even from the damn trailers, we all know. It's I, like it's like the big, yeah, gigantic but film. When you watch it, 
the way it's done is way closer to him directing Blade Runner than Rival. Like, I just don't think they're going to think of him in that way. They might. He's well, never going to win. He's in the we'll club. see. This, the, th- the thing about it is this This is something that has been big, too big to attempt. And, you know, since they made the one in the 80s, it was a train wreck, and it's been too big to attempt. So if he pulls it off... Which it sounds like celebrate the shit out of it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it, it could be like big. that's the thing. A lot of the appreciation is that oh, you managed to make it like yeah. comprehensible. You managed to make um, a good damn movie. Yeah, and that's that's. I'm just some people will uh-huh. say you made a good movie, and that's it. Like I don't know. I, I think I have him. I think I moved him into director. Yeah, I would be very surprised for, about yeah, picture. He's, he's in there. It's not even close. I don't think he's get. I don't think he's getting nominated for picture. It's it's hard sci-fi. It's just Ooh. still. Ooh, I don't know about that. It's still hard. I mean, I got. I mean, I have to. It's gonna be hard to get like nine nominations and not best picture. Yeah. Yeah, but I think the quirk we're gonna see, and I might be wrong. I'm just. I'm not sure yet. Is because with the ten nominations, you know, people are gonna have to stretch their ballot. And what we saw with the two years of them stretching their ballot was they just went for another small movie. Like, I think... Well, that's not I could true. be wrong. The they, fir- th- I think the, the first year think, they sort of did that, they, they did put in a lot of blockbusters. Like they, yeah, but you know, I think... And crowd they, I think, and successes at the box office. But, like, my, my, the way I kind of think of it is what had no chance if it wasn't 10? And that's closer, like, a, like I think, like, a winner's bone, you know, is a clear beneficiary of 10, right? Yeah. Also District 9, but District 9 had momentum separately from that. But, you know, this year, that's why I was like, if you told me that the final nomination is Dune or Spencer, I might pick Spencer just because it's going to have that small, hardcore, we put it number one oh, people. I, I think both are getting in. I mean, I, I'm going to probably move Dune up. I would say like, I would see. say also, though, more towards Dune than Spencer, because even though, yes, we all, you know, bow at the feet of Neon, it's Warner Brothers at the end of the day, too. I mean, like they're yeah. they're a giant studio and they're going to this isn't going to be like last year. Last year, they celebrated a ton of small films. I think that this is sort of going to be the revert of going back to, hey, we want to celebrate some big. Big I think there's going to be a mix. So here, what, yeah. before Mark has to leave, let's uh, yeah. let's compare yeah. our, our best picture lineups. Right? Yeah, yeah. You have, let's do it. And then we'll we'll wrap. So we'll wrap with you. Um, so I'll I'll say I have Dune at 13 right now. Um, okay. 14 Last Duel, which actually got very good reviews. Um, it's also apparently trashy, but fun. I don't think it's going to happen. But that was Venice. So Dune 13. I have Blue Bayou at 12. I think that movie's going to sink pretty soon, but. It's very melodramatic. It might have a chance. I have Parallel Mothers at 11 because everyone loves Almodovar. Almodovar. Um, and here's my 10. I have French Dispatch at 10. It's very quiet on that one, but precursors will be kind. I have Spencer at 9. My 8 is being the Ricardos because it is coming out. Mm-hmm. That's Amazon the just Amazon is, push. Though, I have heard the tender bar is like equal. Oh, yeah, I'm hoping so. I'm hoping. Though I think their I think their goal is like maybe picture, maybe screenplay, get Ben Affleck an Oscar for supporting yeah. actor. Like I think that's their goal. That'd be great. I have West Side Story at seven. I have King Richard at six. Um, the two that are most likely to move for me are I have Don't Look Up at five, which it just depends on if it gets embraced as like a big you know would be blockbuster comedy, and four is Licorice Pizza, the PTA movie, which, I mean. He's been overperforming recently with like what Hell we thought yeah. his movies would do. Movie's but gonna, that movie's gonna rule. It's gonna be great because it's gonna be. It sounds like it's gonna be closer to the stuff I loved, mm-hmm. like the the Boogie Nights Magnolia feel. But maybe that means they don't embrace it as much. And then my th- number three is Coda. 
biggest issue is still getting in. Once it gets in, another preferential ballot movie. Two Power of the Dog, one Belfast. Okay. Uh, I'll give you my 10 then. Um, at 10, I have Cyrano. Nine, I have Spencer. Eight, I have The Tragedy of Macbeth. Uh, seven is Nightmare Alley. Six, Dune. Five, Licorice Pizza. Four, House of Gucci. Three, The Power of the Dog. Two, King Richard. And one, The Greatest Film of All Time. Or just this year so far. Belfast. <laughs> uh, Nightmare Alley is 15 for me. Macbeth is 16. Gucci is 17. Though... Yeah. I still have a hunch Gucci's bad, but we'll yeah, see. Gucci, yeah, Gucci's gonna Gucci's be, gonna be bad. <laughs> I know it's either listen, Gucci's either gonna be phenomenal or horrifyingly bad. Like I think like I'm, I, yep, I'm leaning it, towards that horrifyingly. Is it is it, towards, is it campy as it looks in the trailer, or is it good? What are the odds that Ridley Scott made two good movies in a year? It's just it seems so low. What are the odds that Ridley Scott made one but good movie in a year? I mean, look at the track him. record here. I love yeah. Ridley Scott, so that's why I'm I mean, hoping. I, I know, but I'm seeing all these articles about is he going to get two best director nominations? No. Like we're going to be no. lucky if these aren't both trash. Well, I mean, yeah. like even Venice, if they're fun trash. They I mean, might Venice, still be trash. Venice screened Last Duel, and they were like, "It's fun trash." Yeah. Like, but that's my point. So House of Gucci at best might be the same thing. I think in which case I don't yeah. think either of them get nominated. House of, House of Gucci, I think if I, if if I had to guess what I think House of Gucci is going to be like uh, is um, American Hustle Makeup costumes. It reminds that's me. What, that's reminds what I. Me that's like, yeah. That's what I've heard, Mark. It's oh, like is that being compared to it? No. Yeah, that's what it definitely that's, looks like. It's gonna be garish. Then I probably saw that somewhere in subconscious. <laughs> no, yeah. no, 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 no. You I said, said it first, con- Mark, No, and, no, uh, I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, let's pretend. No, I probably um, sub- but, subconscious. Yeah, no, I, I could see that. I could also just it being the leader in the clubhouse for Razzies. Uh, yeah, yeah, like, just, yeah. There's that. Yeah. I mean, yep. how many times do we always see these things where like, I think that if the the whole. Um, Kevin Spacey thing didn't happen. I don't think Christopher Plummer gets nominated. I think that the movie would be no. a train wreck with that makeup performance. Like, yeah. oh, absolutely. You know, well, I, I, mean, I mean, how many? It time... was only okay with the Christopher Plummer exactly. Performance. And then, like, I mean, how many times have we seen like, what was it the counselor or? Uh, I've seen it once and never Ex- again. Exodus. Gods and King. Everyone sees it on the predictions, again. and then they see the movies and they go, "Oh Jesus!" Yeah. Yeah. Plus, also, yeah. that's why I've been more higher on the last duel because it has a better screenwriting tandem than a bunch of no names writing that script and apparently that's been something that's been praised is like listen it's a movie that is an excuse for movie stars to dress up but is you know like an old-fashioned epic like that but the the kind of rashomon idea of it is apparently very good once you get Mm. to Apparently, the Matt Damon side of it is a little boring, and like the movie you're worried about. The Adam Driver section is like a little like the trashy section, but like, ooh, we're having a little fun now. Because, like, apparently, Ben Affleck is like over the moon, like over the top, and the fun part of the movie, like having an orgy, be like, welcome, take your pants off, is apparently a real line in the movie. I think, and Joey, I think you Mark, and I did read you lose that on that same review? Because I'm following <laughs> along with every single yeah. so far. And then yeah. it turns into when, um, Jody Comer. The, yeah, Jody Comer's side comes in. And you're like, oh, this is what actually happened. And also, like, men are awful. So, yeah. <laughs> which is, which is, who a, knew? Yeah. I mean, we all did, but still. Yeah. So, I'm interested. 
So, Mark, I know you want to leave. So yeah. tell me, I mean, promote yourself a little bit, not too much. But also, okay. what do you still want to see? Like, what's your one or two movies you're still anxious to see? I mean, Dune is at the top of the list. And then, you know, after that, probably probably Nightmare Alley, because I love Del Toro. Mm-hmm. Um, Liquor's and by the time you guys are listening to this, a uh, trailer should be out. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right, because that's tomorrow. Um, aside from those two, honestly, the tender bar. I love George Clooney, so I'm kind of curious what you got there. And did you mention? Did you see Red Rocket or no? I did. I forgot that to one mention I that. See a lot. I forget. I knew there was something I was leaving out. Red Rocket is <laughs> a unique film-going experience. I'll say that. Yeah, I feel like it's <laughs> it's either going to overperform or be completely shut. Oh no, like I this. don't. I don't think it gets anything for Oscar. It's not. It's too. Let's put it this way: there were people walking out of the screening at Telluride. Jesus. Um, so it's not. It's to me, it's not a Oscar player at all. I think the best shot it has is maybe Simon Rex, but that's a long, long shot. But that, yeah, if but Feinberg so was a little actors. higher on it than I was expecting. I listen. I walked away from the movie not sure how I felt, but. I, I it's one of those movies that like kind of gets under your skin and, and you think about for a while. So I I did yeah. like it, but I don't think it's an Oscar movie. But you okay. you'll have to let me know what you think when you see it. We will, I will see it in NYFF. So mm-hmm. all right, yeah, give yourself a so, sign off and then we'll carry yeah. on. You can follow me on Twitter at Mark Likes Movies, or uh, catch my work over at Awards Daily with Sasha Stone and team. Thank you guys for having me on. Oh, yeah. um, well, welcome back from, a pleasure. from Toronto. Yeah, we'll do it again. Yeah, we'll do it again when it can be a normal episode and we're not just blabbing about it. Oh, but I like these kind of episodes. Oh, yeah, because we just make everyone jealous. You like like to just hear the sound of your own voice, Mark. Yes! And and then all of us have to shut up and listen to you. This is is the (laughs) the one time I get a word in. Yeah, it's the only period when Mark's like, I've seen something you haven't. Exactly. This is the only time you already have this. I'm gonna have him I'm gonna have you on in like April so you can be like I've seen three movies. Right, exactly. Oh Oh, what are movies again? Actually like like, deep actually you can have me on in August and it's still the same thing. I should have you on the day before Telluride where you're like, I've still only seen six movies. Right. I just love also Mark before you go, I just love the fact that like tell you right it was just like yes it's three days away from the kids and then you went back home like oh my god when can i buy tickets for next year already oh yeah oh i'm off i'm off to middleburg next because i oh oh mark you're gonna be at middleburg yeah it's first time you there oh cool awesome and then uh we'll see so my i my hope is to go to tell you right next year assuming i want to spend money and if so we'll we'll see maybe we'll maybe we'll do like a like a segment We'll, oh yeah, you know, for we'll, sure. We'll record this part that, while it's that, happening. That's going on OnlyFans. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, we're gonna. Fan. No, yeah, we're doing it topless, but that's you know. <laughs> oh right. Oh god. Mark's gonna be naked, but have his CPAP machine. <laughs> that is awesome. Bane Johnson. <laughs> awesome. All right, guys. Thank, have a good thank one. You for doing See you later, Mark. Take have care. a good one, man. Who was that? <laughs> <laughs> all right Who is so <laughs> mitch is going to join us in a few and talk about some of the titles that i didn't get a chance to see um before we do that let's uh let's do a ryan mcdermott uh, film hall face off hey and it's movies that have played at venice Ooh. so um same order as always first up first reformed or mother i mean or i'm sorry mother 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 <laughs> Um, there are Darren Aronofsky films I like and there are Darren Aronofsky films I don't like mother 
falls into the latter category. First performed is Paul Schrader's best film and one of Ethan Hawke's best performances. So this one's not even close for me. This is tough. I do really love Mother. Um, it's one of my. It's one of my favorite Aronofsky films. I like Mother more than like Black Swan, to be honest with you. Um, and I don't know if it's better. I don't know if it's uh, First Reform is better than Mishima, um, but because Mishima is fantastic. If you ever see an underrated movie on the Criterion list, um, I think I will go with First Reform just because of that hawk for performance. Fair enough. I'm going to switch it up. I'm going with Mother. It's actually Mother! one of my favorite Aronofsky films. I uh, I actively dislike First Reformed, and I really like Mother, so this was very easy for me. Um, well done. Yeah, Mother. Um, I'm going to skip the next one until last, because there's going to be an argument. So we'll come... Yeah, you, when you hear the movie, you'll know why. Um, next movie is Arrival or Jackie. Uh, two really, really strong films. Uh, Arrival is, uh, I think I mentioned it on a previous thing that we did. Oh, when we were uh, doing the Oscar recalibration. Arrival is uh, my favorite film of the past 10 years easily. So I go with that one. Yeah, I love Arrival. Uh, Jackie's fantastic, though. I mean, oh, my they're God. both great. They're, they're both. So I'm gonna good. watch. I'm gonna rewatch Jackie tonight as I write my Spencer review, which will yeah. be up in the morning when you guys hear this. Um, it's got to be a rival, but Jackie's a masterpiece too. I mean, they're both just great. Ugh, it's tough. That was a tough one. Steve, yeah, it is a tough one. I, I love both. Uh, Jackie has really been creeping up though, and I, I mm. it's actually a film I really want to go back and revisit. Um. You know what? I'm going to, again, throw a wrench in the plans of you two. I'm going to go with Jackie. Okay. Well, I'm joining you because I I like Arrival. It took a little bit for me to warm up to. Um, I actually ended up seeing it three times that season because there were events with people and I would just take a different friend each time. And I I appreciated it more than I liked the first time and it grew on me. Uh, Jackie just blew me away that first time. Hmm. Um, and it's interesting to watch Pablo Lorraine basically make a Darren Aronofsky film. And then to watch Spencer where he's not quite doing that, but it's very much the same feel. It's, it's, it, I'm very eager to revisit that tonight just to see how they compare. Um, now you guys get a bad one. Nocturnal Animals or Black Mass? Ooh, that is yeah. a bad one. Uh, oh, I don't know, actually. Uh, they're both bad for different reasons. Very. Um, Black Mass was back when we thought we could still give Johnny Depp a chance if he just came back and did a serious movie. This was not that. Nope. Um, yeah, there's not really much to recommend in Black Mass. Nocturnal Animals is bad and doesn't quite work, but it's at least more interesting in the ways that it's bad. And there's some good performances in it, especially from Michael Shannon. Um, there's some interesting stylistic stuff. Uh, so between the two, I'll go Nocturnal Animals. What are your thoughts on uh, Golden Globe winner Aaron Terrell Johnson? Uh, he's fine. I didn't think it was anything special. I remember watching him being like, there's no way he's going to even... Oh. <laughs> uh, I, I I I don't know how I'm going to vote. I don't like either of these movies, but Ryan, go ahead. Um, boy. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I do. I I like Nocturnal Animals 
more than I like. Um, kind of, I'm just blanking on the other film that we you just Black mentioned. Mass. Black Mass, which is like Johnny Depp. Um, I will say that is a great trailer. Yes. Um, but it is a bad. But that scene is the highlight of the trailer for a reason because it's the only. It's good. a nothing movie, is. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's um, not even bad. Bad is the wrong word because it's, it's not just doing like anything. Just, it's completely forgettable. You forget about it as you're watching. It, it. Like, this this I is my say, problem with Scott Cooper. Like I feel like I could make that movie. If you go to the bathroom during that movie, you don't come back because you forgot you were watching it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I will say I do like Depp in the performance. I don't like him as a human being. Um, but he's he's good in there. I think Edgerton's fine. But the movie's just... It's way too long. It's kind of a mess. Nocturnal Animals, it's swinging for the fences. There's a lot going on. Um, I'll probably go with that, but it's no single man. That's for sure. That's definitely for sure. Fair enough. By the way, Mitch is... Mitch has joined us. Hello, Mitch. Hello. Hey, Mitch. Mitch. I will catch uh, Mitch. I'll catch you up on the on the filmwalk face off in a minute. So let's okay finish up. So Steve, do yours. I'd just say both have great cast. Uh, Nocturnal Animals though is entertainingly bad. I will go with Nocturnal Animals. I'm gonna go with Black Mass. They're both garbage, but that one at least I disliked last. Here, let, let's catch Mitch up. Mitch, quick. First Reformed or Mother? Films that played at Venice. First Reformed. Shape of War. Uh, wait, hang on. I gotta save that one. That's the one for oh, the argument oh, later. Oh. <laughs> Arrival or Jackie? Uh, Jackie. Nocturnal Animals or Black Mass? Both bad. Black Mass. <laughs> All right. So now we're caught up. Uh, we got two more to do. First one: Beasts of No Nation or Anomalisa. Oh. Every everyone can go do this one. Miles. Um. Yeah, Beast of No Nation is great, but it's very bleak and hard to come back to. Anomalisa is very quietly brilliant, and I, generally speaking, love anything Charlie Kaufman touches, so I'm going to go to Anomalisa. Oh, that's a weird thing to say. I don't I'm, I don't know what he touches. I just like his films. <laughs> uh, he doesn't know what he touches either, but he writes uh, a thousand words about it. Hey, oh, yeah, boy. Well, um, okay, yeah. I, I like every film thing he touches. I have yet to finish Ant Kind, but it is a slog. Uh, I'm, I don't know what Ant Kind is, if that's what the kids the call it. It's the book days. that he wrote last year. Sure, that's what you want to call it. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um... Uh, I will go with Anomaly. So it is a fine film, but it is way better than the heaping pile of garbage that is Beast of the Southern Wild. Or, Wait, or Beast of No Nation. Nation. Oh, I thought, no I thought you said Beast of the Southern, Southern Wild. Wild. I'm sorry. That's a terrible movie. Beast of No Nation? That's a great movie. I'll take that. <laughs> Steve, write this hmm. ship. Just... I like Beast of the Southern Wild. No. Beast of the Southern Wild is fair. Piece of shit. It's one of the worst films ever nominated for Best Picture. Oh, couldn't That's... disagree more. I might have. Might, it's probably in my top three of that Save year. Save your dander. No. You know what's one of the two films coming up? Uh, I'm up to me now. Yeah. Beast of No Nation. Fair Not enough. Southern Wild. Yeah. All right. Um, Sorry. Anomalisa. I, I think it's brilliant. Beast of No Nation is good. I appreciate it, but yeah, it's a miserable experience intentionally. Um, I think I both are. Anomalisa, but I think I was like both yeah. of them are like. God, but Anomalisa, I, I can relate to easier. Anomalisa not, has I'm, jokes and puppets and puppets. Yeah, stuff. but it's also got yeah. like the most uncomfortable sex scene I've ever seen in a theater. Like, really? Because uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you an address to go to after this recording. <laughs> not not doing it. Not he brought his marionette it. to the theater with him. Well, <laughs> it's like oh, speaking boy, of uncomfortable sex stuff. Final one. Oh, oh, Mitch. 
Oh yeah, I'm, oh yeah, you're right. We were out of order. Mitch, jump in. Um, yeah, I like Beasts of No Nation, but I really love the first half of Anomalisa, but then I don't really like the second half of it. So I think overall, I would go Beasts of No Nation. And Beasts, Fair of, the, and Beasts of the Southern Wild thoughts. Uh, I I hate that movie. Thank you. There we go. Thank All right, so you'll you'll slot in after after Ryan for the the last one. Ooh. Right. Here we go. The Shape of Water or three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Oh God. <laughs> fuck. Fuck three billboards outside of Missouri. Oh, God. Thank you. Miles? All right. Uh, so, yeah, Three Billboards is a movie I was so excited for and just did not care for at all. I think it's horrendously overrated. It's got some decent performances, but nobody in it, everyone in it has been better in other things. And it, the most interesting part of it is the ending. Like, if that's where the story had started, we'd be having a very different conversation. Uh, the Shape of Water is one of my favorite Best Picture winners of the last decade easily. It's one of Del Toro's best, probably my second favorite of his after Pan's Labyrinth. Uh, so that one, hands down. Oh, God. Um, look, I am on record of not being a fan of The Shape of Water, and I'm so glad. Really? To, yeah, and I'm so glad to see that Nightmare Alley <laughs> will be the follow-up to Crimson Peak that we've all been waiting for. Um, but... Uh, oh, so you, you think Crimson fucking Peak is better? Are yes. you kidding me? Yeah, Crimson Peak's Ugh. great. All right. Yeah. What do you think of Mimic? I like Mimic. Alright, just, just checking. Yeah. <laughs> Um, guys, I like all of his work. I've I'm on record. I think that well, Shape of Water. Um, well, clearly not. <laughs> um, I will say that, though I'm not the biggest fan of Shape of Water, it is a better film than Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. A film, though, that when I first saw it, I did like, but the more I've rewatched it, and the more I've sort of dived into its politics it is a misguided attempt uh of sort of oversimplifying a, uh, our american politics by an outsider not to say that that's a bad thing because uh, that can happen but the movie is just so um blunt about it in a way that it loses all subtlety and it's also like there's no one to root for even francis who i i think does give a good performance character is just terrible so like mm. yeah the movie's awful uh upon so it went from that's the movie that went from good to awful really quick uh with just one reviewing and shape of water i mean it's passable so there you go i feel like i know what mitch is gonna say but go ahead yeah i so i understand like people who think that shape of water is like guillermo del toro just kind of playing the hits like i get where people are coming from with that but for me uh, Shape of Water for me feels like a movie that he was like building to his entire career. I love Shape of Water. I think that it is. I have like problems with all of his movies before that, even though like I like the majority of them. I still have issues. Shape of Water. I don't have any problem with that movie. I think that it hits like every single good thing about him as a filmmaker. I love its themes on like outsiders coming together. I love the characters. I love the performances so much. I love that movie. I agree with Miles. I think it's one of the best best picture winners of at least the last decade. And yeah, three billboards I think is hot, hot garbage. Preach. <laughs> you, know, you gave him a ter you gave him a terrible choice on the other end, so it's not like he was gonna pick three billboards. <laughs> All right, Three Billboards uh, is a film I was rooting against on Oscar night because 
there was talk it could win, and I was so happy to see it not win. Uh, I just thought I never got it from the I beginning. Mean, I get out should have won. Let's just be honest. Well, yes, there's a, there's Lady Bird should have won. Anything should have be won beyond. Uh, I would have. I would have. Uh, Lady Bird and Dunkirk, I think, were my votes. There. Dunkirk's great. Phantom Thread. or the Big Sick if it got Phantom Thread. You know, anyone but Larry Elder. <laughs> Anything but three billboards, and I'm happy to see it didn't win. Uh, the art direction alone in uh, Shape of Water is better. Uh, then you got Sally Hawkins and Michael Shannon with great performances, so I'm going with The Shape of Water. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, uh, Thirsty. I actually still like three billboards. I have to revisit it because I did not revisit Ooh, it. Quiet. Joseph. And I did not revisit Shape of Water when it left me very cold. So I definitely have to revisit it. As it <laughs> the movie left him cold like water. Yeah, like a fish. <laughs> Sounds like a water um, heater. Yes. Oh. Yes. Yeah. So I'm on three billboards, but I do con- concede that one day that could change. Um, so we have a uh, we have a mount, and it's uh, Mountain Recall more. No, I'm kidding. Um, though imagine we had to pick the four people. I just love that that um, in that no. nonsense, which uh, no. for those who don't know, California wasted about a quarter of a billion dollars to confirm that their governor should stay the governor so and uh, basically give like Caitlyn Jenner a vanity project for a month. No. But, it was just so that yeah. she can appear on Fox News. Mm. That's what we're doing wrong. We're not on Fox News. No. We're you, right. You can have that. Listen. Any publicity is good publicity. All right, you guys can be choosing not, not when it the comes four to that, heads sure. that will go on Mount Rushmote, film set in medieval times. So obviously the okay. cable guy because it involves medieval times, right? <laughs> um, my Python and the Holy Grail. Yeah. Yes. That's one. Um, Are we doing Gladiator because it won Best Picture? No. Well, I, mean, I don't really like Gladiator. Yeah, I don't really like it either. That medieval? I yeah, mean, I'm, like, really think about as medieval time. either. I'm gonna say like if there's well, okay. sword sandals even and like though, a castle, I'll count it. Let, let's let's ask this. Even though I think everybody on the podcast right now liked it more than I did, I think it should still be up there. How do we feel about the Green Knight? Sure, that could be. Yeah, what like do, you know? What maybe a little too new to it's put too up recent. Yeah. Too medieval. Medieval, you know, has a very dark connotation. What do we feel about the Adventures of Robin Hood? Robin Hood Men in Tights. I will, I, the only reason Robin, I bring it up is because I struggle to think of many that I like. I mean, that's, I'll that's what a, I'm struggling with. I'm going I'm to throw a curveball. Disney's Robin Hood. With that sexy fox. <laughs> All right. I also legitimately come to that about, point of the podcast. How about Robin Hood Men in Tights? Answer. How about that? I take Robin Hood Men in Tights. So there's two. I like how we're going uh, satirical. <laughs> Let's just go skewering. full spoof. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do the last uh, what about, duels, um, I haven't seen? What about uh, Braveheart? Oh, I would, I would rather not. I, I'm yeah. not saying I want to. I'm just saying it's. There. I would, I would, I mean, I would put. It depends would on put, where we draw the line, I guess. I would rather not. Also, a I Knight's mean, Tale. Ran is set. Oh, a Knight's oh, Tale. I love a, a Knight's Tale. Kingdom yeah, 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 of Heaven. I have an idea. I have an oh, idea. I like Kingdom of Heaven. How do we feel about like lumping it in, kind of thematically, Rashomon? Yeah. King Re- yeah. uh, Henry V, Bronn. I mean, uh, well, if we go with Japan. Rashomon, we have to kind of open it up to all samurai films, which is a real... Yeah, feudal Japan is medieval Japan. Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, but then, like, what are we even doing? Beckett, Beckett, Beckett from 1964. Lion in the Winter. I... Lion in the Winter could work. Man for All Seasons. Passion of Jonah Arc. 
Not, not, not. Ran is set in the medieval medieval yeah, period. Ran. Yeah, Ran could work too. I mean, I, that's just where the we, I mean, listen, if we, I mean, we could just go offbeat ones because we have two comedies. We could do samurai and then something completely offbeat also, and that could be the four. It is our rules. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I think we if we're talking samurai, we can't um, ignore seven samurai. I mean, I know That's it's true. not technically medieval, but it's sort of in that realm of it is like Lord of the Rings, weirdly enough. But if you wanted to That's go out on um, that way, or you can go How to Train Your Dragon, the Seven um, Seal. Yeah, Ooh, I think I'd be I fine like with Seven that. Seal, Princess Bride. Sure. Uh, I mean, I guess. I mean. It, it it brings up the debate as does medieval fantasy count as the same thing? Yeah. Army of Darkness. I think medieval fantasy counts. Mm. Army of Darkness, yeah. Willow. Well, because I think you could do a whole separate one for fantasy specifically. Yeah. Excalibur. Yeah, you're opening up a lot there with the fantasy. Lady Hawk. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy I mean, you mentioned whatever. Disney before. How about the Sword and Stone? I love the Sword and Stone, too. I'd love to have it there. Legend. King mm-hmm. Arthur, Legend of the Sword. Everybody's yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. There you go. Um, King Arthur with Clive Owen. I think everyone remembers anything that happened in that movie. There's that scene there in Billy Heads again. where they are in the medieval times. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Excellent, Iron Maiden. Yeah, that's it. That the famous Iron Maiden line. Yeah, I'm going with that. <laughs> Bill and Ted for the 20 minutes they spend in. Uh, I think it's more like seven, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. We got we we got close enough. Um. What I want to do before we uh, wrap up is is Mitch saw some stuff that I didn't at TIFF, so I wanted you to have the chance to chime in and uh, kind of go over your festival from home, at your home currently, where you also were at your festival. Correct. You can tell I'm a little. You can tell that I'm a little jealous that you got to like sleep in your own bed. I mean, you can. Oh my God! You, you got want, to see, you got to see Dune and all this other stuff, and you're worried about sleeping in your own freaking bed. Like, come like, I'm Listen, sure if the I, roles were reversed, Mitch would be like, "Yeah, I couldn't care if I slept in my bed or not. I saw all these movies that I couldn't because of the stupid festival." I mean, listen, I'm not upset, but I spent a week away from home for the first time in two years. I was ready to be home. It happens. Um, but Mitch, have at it. Um, yeah, I, I definitely got in a lot of stuff. I think have being able to do it from home uh, allows that. And I think that not having access to kind of the big, you know, gala movies, the main things that everybody was talking about also allowed the possibility to dive a little bit into, you know, the Midnight Madness stuff, the... Yeah the other kind of stuff in sections you know wavelengths and everything that are a little bit more off the beaten path so i would say kind of some of my favorite stuff i mean one of the more obvious ones is celine siama's petite maman was my is my favorite movie of the festival my favorite movie of the year that's you know kind of one of the bigger ones that was available for people digitally um one that wasn't as obvious uh, is this movie from this filmmaker called Edwin um, that's an Indonesian movie called Vengeance is Mine, All Others Pay Cash. That's, Which uh, has uh, my vote for the best title of the year. Yeah, best title. Yeah, it literally, when I was going through the list of like things that would be available digitally, I saw that title and was like, okay, well, I'm definitely watching that. Like, I have no idea what this is about, but I'm watching that. Um, and it actually rules. It's, it's shot on 16 millimeter. It takes place in the 80s in Indonesia and just follows these, um, this man and a woman 
women who, you know, fall in love um, in the midst of, uh, like, martial arts crime kind of saga that takes place over the course of years. And it's, I mean, it's a fascinating movie. It's a ton of fun. The romance is actually... Um, really sweet and beautiful and they just have wonderful chemistry together but also the hand-to-hand fights rule they're like some of the best fights that I've seen in a while so whenever that comes out for people to be able to watch I would definitely 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 recommend checking that out um, I also love the movie compartment number six which played at Cannes um, and won a prize at Cannes I can't remember which um, I think I might have shared the Grand Prix but that that's really good. I um, I love the documentary Attica. I mean, saying I love the documentary Attica is um, a little big supporter of Attica. I know. Yeah, but it's a very it's a very very good documentary that I think everybody should see. Um, I would say those are kind of the highlights for me. Um, at Midnight Madness, there's a West African movie. That's the first West African movie that played in Midnight Madness called Saloon. That's really good. Um, I liked uh, The Girl and the Spider. I liked Uni. Um, I enjoyed The Guilty, which I know that you uh, reviewed yeah. and you also liked. I think that you and I kind of both had the same expectation for it, that it was just kind of um, a palate cleanser uh, for the festival. And it, I mean, it served its purpose for me. I really, I like what Antoine Foucault does. Um, and it was a really easy, you know, chill way to kill an hour and a half. Um, so yeah, yeah I, I like that too. And that's going to be on Netflix in like October. So people will yeah, be able to see easy. that soon. Um, and then you saw something that I'm watching later, which is the survivor, which, so I know you're kind of lukewarm on it. Interestingly, there was a little bit of buzz on the ground about it. And that like, why is no one talking about this? He's phenomenal. This movie is way better than you think it's going to be. And like, maybe that's a little exaggeration, but I found it interesting that that was the one that like kind of was dumped into the festival and is, is yeah. sort of sink, is swimming more than sinking. Oddly, you couldn't watch it in Canada. So the digital, the digital platform, some things are only available in Canada and not in the States. And some things are only available in the States and not in Canada. So I was restricted until I got home. So that's going to be watched next for next. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, I mean, it's pretty good. Um, I think that it's certainly seeing Barry Levinson's name on something, you know, these days is more of a warning sign. And I, so in that respect, (laughs) it's definitely better than you would expect it to be. Um, But it's certainly, I mean, I think that it's a movie that would have won a ton of Oscars in the nineties. Now it kind of plays like, you know, a movie that's a little bit outdated aesthetically, a little bit outdated kind of structurally. It really goes through kind of the, the formulaic beats that you expect from a biopic um, but you can definitely feel that Levinson has a lot of passion for the subject matter and Ben Foster's performance is genuinely incredible. I mean, I think that he's, you know, one of our best actors. It's absurd that he's never been nominated for an Oscar and he's definitely putting all of himself into this role as he always does. So I would say it's, it's, I mean, it can be kind of a slog. It's a little bit over two hours, and the pacing is probably one of its weakest points because it kind of hops between timelines, which yeah. is you know not the best decision to make. Um, but I, th- I think it's worth watching for Foster's performance alone, for sure. I have a weird hunch, because it's still an acquisition title, that someone bigger than we expect is going to pick it up, but to try to put it out next year. 
and try to yeah i could see that for sure i saw some people kind of speculating that it, it feels very much like a bleaker street movie which i do think that it feels very much yeah, but like that's a bleaker an, street movie which is not as much the as best. yeah like i love the people who work at bleaker street and the people who campaign yeah. like they're some of my favorite publicists bleaker street struggles when it comes to getting across the splinter shot. Yeah, well, they, they also, they're working with, like, 1% of the money that other people are. But, like, if they can yeah, pull exactly. off Mass, they always forgive it. But, yeah, they I think Mass easily... is going to be the big kind of test for them. Like, kind of Moonlight was for A24. A24 struggled for a few years there, and then Moonlight happened, and now they're, you know more or less pretty decent at campaigning stuff but it's because they put like all their money into like one or two movies each year yeah i really like some of the other ones i really do wish they had brought mass to like tell your ride and tiff and venice like it's, it's weird that so they're strange it. no it's, it's not a, uh, it's not surprising it's bleaker street well that's <laughs> yeah the, well, these people don't know how to campaign and they can tell that to you joe and to me and everybody we know oh yeah we got it we got it i mean it's sort of like they're just waiting in the weeds for that film and they, then they're gonna pounce it's like i think no. they hope that we're gonna do more work for them than we do no well <laughs> in a way yeah, like and it's, it's hard to tell like like mass is a great litmus test because you can you can get nominations for that movie like it's not a hard it's a hard sell but it's a doable hard sell like it's very it's it's hard to explain Uh, no i mean it's it is a movie that it's got these great veteran actors they're doing the best performances of their career for all of them and you're sitting there with this script written by this guy who we mostly know as the stoner character from cabin in the woods. And it's like, this movie should be like, Hey, want to see the acting showcase of the year? You know, like screw your big ensembles. I mean, I've, I've heard rumors that posters and trailers say it has four of the best performances of 2020. (laughs) Well, you know, someone who said that, they might know what they're doing in this whole thing you know what i mean uh you know uh but it it is frustrating i mean like maybe it hits some of the regional festivals maybe Um, i get maybe it's picked up by you know maybe it gets some steam at like the gothams or any spirits but i mean this that screenplay should be nominated for best screenplay period end of story it's i think it's gonna be snubbed but i do think it should yes it should oh i'm saying it should be i'm not saying that it will I mean, yeah. you know, you know. I mean, there's so many uh, screenplay nominees out there um, for sure. Adapted's pretty loaded, I guess. But um, yeah, no, it makes me mad about Mass because I love that movie so much. Yeah, I know. Um, and then I want to wrap up because we're running a little long and it's late. But new york film festival starts up next week for me so like oh god um we'll talk about that one on the next episode but i don't have a ton to see is the thing like i will be seeing benedetta next week oh yeah that'll be fun and then i'll be seeing you seeing that with the crowd I'll, i'll be able to talk about that when we record next week um and then the day after our podcast goes up i see the tragedy of Macbeth. so whoops and then, honestly, the rest of the festival is mostly things I've seen. I'll Are you going to see um, Parallel Mothers? That'll be the closing night film. I'll see that. I'll see The French Dispatch. I was going to say I Dispatch. will see Come On, Come On and oh, yeah. possibly Red Rocket. There's not a P&I of it currently. So I have to see if I can get into something. But we'll you see. And, you and um, P&Is. Yep. But next week, let's get a... Uh, 
let's get into some games, do a palate cleanser next week, and we'll talk, um, also, a ton of movies have opened. So, by that time, some people might have seen Tammy Faye. We can talk about more. Malignant. Gotta yeah. talk about Malignant. Y'all, I, Malignant. Yeah, that movie so is insane. Malignant. And it's good. I want, it's good that we're going to wait a week because I feel like spoilers are okay by then. Yeah. Yes, um, I have not seen it yet. So, I will so yeah, watch it. Oh, yeah. Watch yeah let me go tell in you. knowing as little as possible. That's, that's, my, that's my plan for sure. <laughs> but yes, everyone, everyone had the same response who liked Malignant going, first act, uh, okay, second act. The fuck is he third act? What the fuck? Did, oh my god! <laughs> and then it just takes off. But here, let's wrap up, and I'm gonna just run down my ranking of Tiff right now. So that way we can we can end on that. Plus everyone saying goodbye, and then we'll talk more as these come out. So um, number at the moment twenty three, Lakewood. Twenty two, Last Night in Soho. Twenty one, Dear Evan Hansen. 20, was that 20 now, right? Mm-hmm. I'm very tired. Um, yeah, 20 is All My Puny Sorrows. 19 is The Electric Life of Lewis Wayne. 18 is The Humans. 17 is The Mad Woman's Ball. 16 is A Hero. 15 is The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Mitch just had a heart attack, that that's what I put above A Hero. Um, 14 <laughs> wow. is I'm Your Man. 13 is The Starling, and everyone just had another heart attack. Um, wow. 12 is Violet. 11 is The Guilty. 10 is Julia. 9 is Jockey. Kind of counts. I saw it at, at Sundance. 8 is The Wheel. 7 is Language Lessons. Also cheating. Oh, 6 is The Power of the Dog. 5 is Dune. 4 is Titan. 3 is Belfast. Two is the worst person in the world, and one is Spencer, baby. All right, Miles, take us home. Are we talking about anything or just signing off? Uh, you can say anything you want about the movies we talked about today, if there's one above all you want to see or something like that. Sure, sure. Uh, well, you can find me on both Twitter and Letterboxd at Miles on Film. That's at M-Y-L-E-S on Film. Please check out my short films, American Exorcist and Once Upon a Dracula, both on YouTube under Aftershock Pictures and Chase Capo, respectively. Um, out of the films you talked about, uh, I'm really excited for Power of the Dog. I'm really excited for Spencer. Um, I've made it very abundantly clear on this podcast that I am intensely excited for Dune. Uh, it's been my most anticipated film of the year for two years running now, but, and this is the last thing I want to bring up, something did happen this past week that has now made it my number two for the rest of the year, because we got the first trailer for The Matrix Resurrections, y'all, and I am obsessed. I am so excited to go back to that world. It went from something I was casually interested in to, like, ravenously excited for, so, um, I won't you know, go in. We can, you know, if we have some time next week or whatever, we'll yeah, yeah. get more into that. But uh, yeah, very excited. next week. Let's one of you, Ryan, I've deputized you cl- figure out all the trailers we need to talk about because we're behind on trailers. Oh, we'll cool, do a trailer we'll have a Nightmare Alley trailer to talk about. Oh, perfect. We'll have, yeah. We'll have there we go. Perfect. All right. Cool. Yeah, cool. I have a job. There you go. Um, <laughs> say where you can be followed. Well, uh, you can follow me on the streets of San Antonio, uh, but that would be creepy. So you can just follow me on Twitter at Ryan McQuaid 77. Um, and a movie that I'm looking forward to. I mean, I'm obviously I'm looking forward to the power of the dog. 
Um, that tra- that little teaser is fantastic. I mean, everyone's looking forward to Spencer. I believe I'll probably see most of those when I hit Middleburg uh, next month. I'm, I'm pretty, you know, that festival usually pretty much gets everything that was, you know, it's basically like if you can't go to Telluride, you can go to Middleburg for half the cost. Um, <laughs> and uh, just not with the pretty mountains. Um, but I'm really looking forward to what Miles just said, the Matrix Resurrections. I love the Matrix trilogy. That that trailer fucking rolls. Um, and uh, and best so, trailer of the year, I'd say. Oh yeah, just great needle. Like I, I usually hate the needle drop stuff, but it really worked. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, now uh, and but my most anticipated film of the year is still now firmly has a title and that is licorice pizza i anytime paul thomas anderson has something uh, to give us and him going back to sort of his roots um i mean that's that you just sign me up and to know that it's philip seymour hoffman's son um that's like already got me crying so yeah i'm looking forward to that movie more than anything and then nightmare alley does look really really good like just the stills i can't wait for the trailer and stuff um and uh, don't look up we don't have to talk about that so we won't talk about it next week <laughs> mitch um you can follow me on twitter at it is mitchell or on letterboxd at mitchell um i will just say that i had not watched a single trailer for any movie since like since the last time I was in a movie theater which was like March of 2020 I just stopped watching trailers and I enjoy that I stopped watching trailers um but I watched the trailer for the new matrix because I could not resist and I do not regret that decision one bit I love that trailer I am so fucking excited for that movie Mitch did you get the opening trailer for the festival before every screening with like the the thing about the native lands yes yeah okay so so you like myself just have the dish with one spoon wampum covenant in your head for all time now right yeah the first um that whole section is just kind of burned into my brain now i can recite it on a loop if you needed me to (laughs) i mean it would only amuse you and i but I don't not. But I'll, we're, we're, uh, Steve is having a heart attack thinking about editing this, so we'll we'll move on. Uh, Steve, where can you, you be followed besides you at your computer? You can follow me at uh, on Twitter at filmsnork and uh, Letterbox as well. You can also uh, listen to my podcast I produce, The Verse. It's on all your major podcast outlets. Uh, as films for the films I am excited for, uh, Belfast, Spencer, Power of the Dog, and even though people there's mixed reviews on it, uh, Last Night in Soho is still high on my list. So, mm. yeah. and uh, if anyone has any speed, Steve is buying. Yeah. He's got a long night. Uh, <laughs> and by the way, yeah. uh, I, I like the Matrix trailer. I think they could have cut that song down by about forty percent and let some of the right, the raw audio play. That I'm like, my God, you know, it's a needle drop, and then they then they put it on repeat. Cut the music back. It's a perfect trailer. Cut it out, not, Steve. Not a perfect trailer. Right. <laughs> uh, you can follow me at Joey Magazin everywhere. Awards Radar, all those same places. Um, if any of you happen to have been in New York and went to the Q&A that I did virtually with um, Natalie Morales and Mark Duplass, thank you. We we had too much fun, which probably made the publicists upset. But, hey, shit happens. We enjoyed ourselves. So we'll be back next week. We're going to have games again next week. Um, now that we're moving a little beyond like this hectic film festival time. But um, Ooh, also, games. thank you, 
everyone for like reading the site. We've we've had a you know obviously pretty good week or so in terms of festival coverage, but um, yeah, we're we're we passed our one year anniversary. Everything's real good. Um, I'm very pleased. So let's uh, let's keep it going. Thank you all, and uh, yeah. I, I spent a week in movie theaters, so hopefully we can all be in them soon. Bye. Bye, everybody. Good night. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe and to visit awardsradar.com for the best in awards and entertainment content.